Welcome, precious one. The message you're about to listen to will bless and enlighten you, and we're delighted about this. Ministering is Reverend Elijah, pastor of Christ Glory Ministries. Stay tuned, and God bless you. I am blessed through the ministry of the Word and Spirit, and I am lifted. Today, in this service, we are richly fed with the rich Word of God, whereby we are enlarged, multiplied, and walk in dominion and prosperity in the earth. Thank you, Father, for your love, grace, and fellowship by which I am richly fed, equipped, blessed, and lifted. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Say thank you, Lord Jesus. Say thank you, Lord Jesus. Wave your hands toward heaven. Say thank you, Holy Spirit. Say thank you, Father. The work you have begun in me, by your Spirit you are performing until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Today, I think right from last night um, to this morning, I was had been meditating, spending time with the Lord, and just meditating with, with, with the Lord in my thoughts and in His Word. And for some reason, I was contemplating because what I was going to minister today. Not that we are done with the series, but for some reason, my heart was not leading to a minister on the last part today. So I was just there. Praise God. Yeah, it, it pays to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. It pays to be very sensitive because even as, as I was on my way coming, the message was still not given. And I also knew that I'm not going to continue the other one. Hallelujah. But I was just fellowshiping the Lord. Glory to God. Yeah, you know, faith is the life we live in Christ. Faith is what enables a man to leave his home and go to a place God will show him, not a place he already knows. Faith has the ability to walk not by premeditation, but by revelation. Premeditation is knowing something before. So you don't have faith for what you already know. You have faith for what is not yet observable to you, tangible to you, experiential to you. Hallelujah. Are you following? That is why the Bible says, faith is a substance of things hoped for. If you possessed it or you had it as it were, literally, then you wouldn't have to hope for it. Amen. But it says, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Glory to God. Yes, the evidence of things not seen. You understand? So, um, somebody has prayed for a car or wants um, a healing in their body. Maybe they, they, they don't have the physical healing yet. But then, faith is that evidence of what they are desiring but have not yet seen. That is faith. Are you following? And faith is a spiritual thing. So yes, I, I was on my way, you know. But as I finally got to, to church, I was still, you know, my spirit was open to the Lord for anything at all that He would communicate. Because there are moments where, of course, you need to walk by the, by the Spirit, where maybe you've not permitted anything. At the moment you stand, then God will speak. Hallelujah. Yes. Um, 
as you start preaching evangelizing and you grow in the spirit you become acquainted with these things glory to god very important it's the same a lot of times that's one of the main ways several times that we also prophesy praise god god can show you things about somebody before you get to a meeting or god can show you things about somebody before you get to meet the person or maybe the night before the day before right sometimes even months ahead but sometimes to nothing you get there and then he speaks to you the bible reveals this Samuel got to Jesse's house without God telling him who the king should be. Such that prophet Samuel got to the house and when he saw Eliab, he's like, this is the Lord's anointed. God said, no, I rejected him. So God, you could have spoken and you didn't speak till I got here and pointed somebody. Do you see? Because God spoke when he said Eliab. God said, no. So why didn't you tell me who the original person was? So, God said, not him. And interestingly, God didn't say who he was. Someone was still there and called for all the other sons to come and pass. God is interested. And God was still quiet. So the prophet standing there was like, okay, let the sons, let all of them come. God could have just said, you are going here. The person's name is this, blah, blah. He did it to someone on different occasions. But God always has the way he wants to operate per situation. He's not a God of a constricted or a confined order. I get me. You don't confine him to a particular box. He's manifold in his wisdom. Amen. So, all of them came and then now he asked. Because out of all those who came, God still didn't say anything about them. Whether this is the one or not. So then, he asked, is there any other of your sons that is not here? Then they said, the last one, he's taking care of some sheep at the backside behind the zongo around that area. Then he said, go and call down because we will not sit down until he comes. Then they go and call for David. And all of this, it's not the prophet who is not sharp, it is God who is not talking. Because Samuel was one of the sharpest prophets the Bible has because he was trained from his infancy. So he's one of the sharpest I follow it. Yes, so it wasn't about his sharpness. God just didn't want to talk at that moment. God likes drama sometimes. <laughs> yeah. God likes drama sometimes. Instead of the Bible, you come to see it. Praise the Lord. Oh yeah, he, he likes drama sometimes. When Potiphar's wife was reading accusations on Joseph, God could have just caused an intervention, just struck her with some boils and then her mouth would just shift here and then she can't talk again. God didn't do anything, just kept quiet. And that's why, you know, sometimes we need to be careful. Life is such that we will always interact with people and hear things come about our people in different ways. This Joseph, that this situation came up, you know, about him. He wasn't able to defend himself. You understand? And he went to prison, actually. And if there were other Christians, they would say, yes, God judged him. Born it with Drugonum. But it was righteousness that took him there. It wasn't sin. That took him to prison. Righteousness took him to prison. So those who may be quick to judge will be like, oh yes, that's why. Oh yeah. People who would have known his history will be like, yeah, that's, that's, that's the kind of person he is. His brother sold him. <laughs> Are you seeing how life is? But this person who went into the prison 
became the person who became responsible for the sustenance of even Potiphar and his wife. That's life. And when God is with you, you don't need to fear a man who has military presence. Fear a man who God is with. Fear a woman who God is with. A man who God is with today may be insignificant. May even stand in a position where you are better than. May even stand in a position where you are even paying their salary. May even be in a place where you are even helping them with your resource today. That's what Potiphar was doing. But tomorrow, the man that God is with can become the one who saves you from death. When Joseph was exalted, he was put, the only person he was not above or was on the same level with was the Pharaoh. Was the Pharaoh. The ring he had. If he says, put Potiphar in prison, by before six, he will be. So he's going to look for that woman for me. Yes. You are the one. All the days I went through, success is the best revenge. I have succeeded. I have made it. I'll come. Praise God. Anybody who makes it God's way, God lifts you. God trains you. You allow God to work on you and lift you. When you get to the top, you are merciful to those who even offended you. Because you are able to realize the hand of God in every bad thing that you went through. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God likes drama sometimes. And this thing, when you turn it into a movie, it's a nice movie. Serious drama. Praise God. Or you, you can choose to even put the tag and the names there. But you just take the whole concept and put it into a movie. And before you know it, wow. Bestseller. Acrimony. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So when David now came, God said, he's the one anointing. So, as I was going through the word, the Holy Spirit now began to download a message into my spirit for you. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the message is, conscious of the blessing. Conscious of the blessing. Conscious of the blessing. And October is the amount of what? Hallelujah. Praise God. So, I'll probably begin it and then maybe end it on Wednesday. Most likely, praise God. It's very, very important. Very, 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 very important. Then maybe we'll end the words and you next week. And then, or if this tends to be a prolonged message, we'll see how the Lord will take us into it. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, conscious of the blessing. Conscious of the blessing. Conscious of the blessing. Right. Now, before you um, can be, can take into consideration whether blessing or curse or even um, anything at all, you have to be, you have to first of all address consciousness. Amen. You have to address consciousness. There are people who call themselves, you know, they are woke. Conscious people. Praise God. Conscious. Conscious men. Are you a conscious woman? A conscious man? You get it? Conscious ones. Hallelujah. Yeah, what I want to imply is that they are not asleep. They are, they are, you know, yeah, they are awake or woke, as you call it. So, in other words, they have, they, they have an awareness beyond the sheep mentality in the world. Praise God. All right. That's what they want to imply. So, consciousness 
uh, simply means awareness. Okay, awareness of situation, states, or persons, uh, surroundings, so on and so forth. Glory to God. Now, the word conscience, okay, comes from consciousness or to be conscious. Are you following? To be conscious. And there is such a thing as a conscience of blessing. There's also such a thing as an evil conscience. Hallelujah. The word conscience is the word in the Greek which is sunedesis. It refers to a knowing. A knowing. Let me show you this scripture. The reason I want us to look at conscience a little bit is so that you can appreciate the whole message when we get there. First Corinthians chapter 8. What you are frequently conscious of has a great impact on what forms your conscience. You know, we have been frequently taught that as many have said, conscience is the voice of the spirit and so on and so forth. It's, it's interesting. Amen. But do you know that God did not design us or intend for us to live by our conscience? Hallelujah. For most people, the definition of conscience is that which enables you to differentiate between good and bad. But God's original plan was not that men should live by their conscience. How then were they supposed to live? How were they supposed to know what's good and bad and so on and so forth? He intended for us to live by his voice. He intended for us to live by his voice. He intended for man to function and operate by his voice. That is why in the garden, he did not start out by teaching them what is good and bad. He related with them by his voice. In Genesis 3, the Bible says, the voice of the Lord came um, in the garden in the cool of the day. That was the regular way he had been coming to them. You see, communicating with them by his voice. God wanted men to accept what is right to do from what he says do. I feel what I'm saying. Not by the conscience relying itself on what is good and bad. Because it fails. And in fact, man's death was when he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then his conscience kicked in. A person's conscience is tuned according to the knowledge and truth that the person possesses. A jihadist will kill somebody and not feel any guilty because his conscience is right with him. Do you believe that is what God wants? Do you think that's what God's approving? That is why the conscience is not primarily what God has ordained to lead us. If Christ never came, or if you probably, maybe wherever all of us came from, our parents never ever left their villages, and our great-grandfathers never left their villages, and we're there by now. Yeah, you're looking very fly, but let's say we're there by now. And today's Sunday is you, you and your guys are just coming from the from the from the from hunting from the farm. <laughs> if we're probably in that you know situation or that state, and there has to be an annual baby sacrifice, we just take one baby and then we all gather, maybe that's the norm there. Just kill it and then we are yeah. 
And nothing is wrong in our minds. Conscience. Free. Are you following me? So conscience a lot of times is influenced, impacted by the quality of knowledge or the information it possesses. That is why if God left men to function by their conscience, they would fall, they would fail. Because man of his own self doesn't possess the adequate and sufficient wisdom of God to be able to accurately discern what is good and bad. God wanted to be the one who gives us the instruction, the revelation, the enlightenment. This should be done. Just do this. Do that. I hear what I'm saying. But the fall happened and so conscience kicked in. So you need to be careful when you define conscience as the voice of the spirit. However, okay, that being said, there, 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 there is such a thing as a good conscience. There's also evil conscience. One thing you must know as a believer is that your conscience will be in bondage or liberation to the extent of the quality knowledge that you have been given. Your conscience will be in bondage or liberated based on the truth that has been fed to you or ministered to you. That is why there are children of God, women of, uh, you know, um, female Christians, they will go to heaven all right, but they will never wear we one. If they wear we one, they can't. They, in their mind, they will go to hell. Yes, that's what their conscience is telling them. So they will never wear we one. Even earrings, they stop wearing earrings. Because they have been taught consistently and fed that it is evil. It is wrong. Don't do it. Don't. So in over some months, over some time, that information has moved over into their consciousness, which has impacted their conscience. So now, that thing which is not bad, God doesn't care whether you wear trousers or skirt or wear weaving or paint lipstick or not, that is now bad in the person's conscience. And so now, if the person now does it, they are sinning in their hearts. There is condemnation. And the devil will pour more guilt on them. Conscience. I learned something today. God designed for us to walk by his voice. By his word. Let me show you something. There's strong conscience. There's weak conscience. There's good conscience. There's evil conscience. There's defiled conscience. There's seared conscience. <laughs> defiled conscience. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you here? First Corinthians 8. All of this is the precursor. This message is very, very heavy. Okay, even when this month passes, you know, when the Lord gives us a word for the month, all right, and the month passes, it doesn't end. I follow it. That declaration must follow you, right? You must continue to live in it. Hallelujah. Yes. And like I mentioned the other time, we, we don't, um, by force, every month must be month of something. No, I don't do that. God didn't call me for that. <laughs> if 
he does communicate that this man's amount of this, I'll announce it. If a different man comes and nothing is said, we are still God's children. <laughs> we are still praying. We are still doing what we need to do. Are you following? Yes. yes. When you don't follow the spirit, you might end up raising monuments instead of movements. Okay? Monuments instead of movements. You know what a monument is? You know what a monument is? I want to brothel. I will take your time, you sir. You know what a monument is? Right. Praise God. Yeah. Instead of a movement, monument is a statue. And there are certain practices that have become monuments, not movements, because the life in it is gone. The life is always the spirit. Are you following? Yes. That is the reason why certain practices, we don't build them into doctrines or into formats. I hear. In the book of Acts, there was a period, a time where handkerchiefs and aprons were taken from the body of Paul and sent to the sick. I get me. It doesn't mean that every time God wants handkerchiefs and aprons taken. <laughs> I see. If at that time he, he you know, permitted it so or directed it so, you follow what he did, he said at that time. But you don't turn it into a, a practice and a doctrine. And then now everybody comes and must have a white handkerchief. If you don't, where's your white handkerchief? If you didn't bring it, you're going to hell. <laughs> Are you following? No. Glory to God. Yes. So it's important that we understand that. So even when this month is passed, live in this understanding. Live in the understanding of a blessing. Blessing is so heavy and so powerful. I'm telling you, so, so powerful. And this message, you need to listen to it over and over again. So you can soak the spirit behind the message. Are you hearing me? It's in 1 Corinthians 8, right? Okay. Let's come to verse 7. Okay, let's start from, let's go up a little bit. So you can get the clarity. Okay, let's just start from verse 1. Because where I'm seeing it. Amen. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1. Okay, so he says, Now, as touching things offered unto idols, we know that all have knowledge. Knowledge perfect up, but charity edifies. Charity is love, right? So he says, knowledge can puff up. What does it mean to make puff, to puff up, to, to become proud? Okay? So knowledge that is not rooted in love often makes a person proud. Right? That is why all knowledge must be rooted in the love of God. Are you following? The love of God is an unconditional love. A love that accepts you and loves you whether you are perfect or not. Amen. Yes. But it's a love that will also not leave you imperfect. There's a difference between acceptance, okay, and then um, contributing to your life. When God accepted us, he accepted us the very state we were in. Imperfect, nasty, dead sinners, that's acceptance. But did he leave us that way? No. After he washed those he accepted, he filled them with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit carries out the ongoing work of sanctification, 
transformation. Are you following? And then he also gave gifts unto men. Apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, for the perfecting of the saints. Are you seeing this? So we need to understand the, diff- the difference. Amen. Yes, yeah, so I don't go and then post, accept me as I am. Yes, we may accept as you are, but we won't leave you <laughs> as you are. Hallelujah. Very, very important. Okay, so knowledge perfect but charity edified. Verse 2. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. So the person who thinks he really knows something and so that he can't even, oh, what do you know? Oh, Bible says he doesn't even know it as he thinks he ought to know. Truly knowledgeable people, they are humble. There's a humility about them. You see, there's some humility about them. Because if you know a lot, you realize that you will realize what you know for which reason you need to know some more. Are you getting it? It's like the person who, um, like the scientist, okay, who discovers a new cure or something of the sort, right? Before you get to the level where you can even bring a groundbreaking, a, 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 um, um, what do they even call this thing? Um, the, okay, I'll, I'll come to it tonight. There's a scientific term for it, so I wanted to use it. Before you come to that place where you, your revelation or your discovery impacts the field of study, you should have been a brainy guy already. Are you following? You should have come through all the air places where uni and co and all those people, you've bypassed that place. But now, because you now know so much, you can now realize that you know enough to now even study further into this. And then your research will now produce a cure. Or something has been, you know, sought after for the past 50 years. Do you get what I'm saying? So, real knowledge will let you realize enough of what you know to know some more. Are you getting it? Yes. So, it says, if any man thinks that he know anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. You see, the superiority of love is known of him. As concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other God but one. This is Paul's conscience. Are you following? This is Paul's conscience. And this is supposed to be the conscience of every believer. We know that an idol is nothing. Idol is nothing. But there are few believers who would dare, maybe if they go to the sketch to the water region <laughs> and then they saw some shrine and they saw some idol and somebody would go and kick it like this so, hey, hey, they'll be afraid a believer will even be maybe not even intentionally but by mistake and then they just hit it deliverance Christian child of God idol ah but let's go on. Why is it so? Because of what I was telling you earlier on. They are, being, they are Christians, but they, they have a fear. In their mind, eh, yes, Jesus is there all right. Eh, God is there all right. <laughs> but, 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 eh, but this one is also age. This one also can do something. Oh. Yeah, it's in their conscience. It's in their conscience. And so their conscience is in bondage. We'll get there. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. He says that we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other God but one. For though there be that are called gods, saying though, though there are some, you know, um, things that they call gods and so on and so forth. He says, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many. But to us, there is but one God. Let me read from a, a more contemporary translation so that you're able to follow the modern language better. Amen. Okay, so he says, If after all there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and for whom we live, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom we through whom are all things and through whom we live. Are you seeing this? This is for us. There is but one God, the Father. One God. Of whom we of whom are all things, and we in him. You see? Not we outside him, we what? In him. And one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. Verse 7. Now look at this interesting part. It says, How be it there is not in every man that knowledge. Do you see? He says, There is not in every man that what? Knowledge. There is not in every man that what? Knowledge. Which every man here? It could either be the worldly who, but most specifically can refer to Christians, fellow believers. He says, There is not in every man that knowledge. Say knowledge. knowledge. Say knowledge. knowledge. Say knowledge. knowledge. I told you something earlier on. Your conscience will be in liberty or bondage to the tune of knowledge that has been ministered unto it. That it has received. That it is operating by. It's the same reason why some can wear trousers. And some are also wearing. Yeah, it's the same reason why some people's marriage is sweeter and some boring. Praise God. Hmm. He says, How be it there's not in every man that knowledge? Now, fo- fo- follow what, you know, what, what goes on. He says, For some with conscience of the idol. Conscience of what? The idol. In other words, consciousness. Right? Conscience of what? The idol. Unto this hour, eat it as a thing offered unto an idol. Have you seen it? So in their conscience, they are eating it as something offered unto the idol. And their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Is, is weak. Praise God. So he says, verse 7 says, How be it, there is not in every man that knowledge. For some with conscience of the idol unto this hour, eat it as a thing offered unto an idol. And their conscience, being weak, is what? Defiled. Their conscience being weak is defiled. It's a weak conscience. It's a weak conscience. As far as the Christian is concerned, that is a weak conscience. Because it is more conscious of the negative thing, the wrong thing, than the truth. One of the features of a weak conscience is a conscience that is less conscious of the truth. Because Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. There's a liberty that comes with truth. So his conscience is weak. And you see, that's why I'm sick now. 
That's why my life is going the way it's going. I'll die tomorrow. Huh? <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at what he says. What, what, what continues? He says, But meat commended us not to God. Meat doesn't make us better or worse to God. God is not concerned. You see, we, we are the ones who have tried to make some things concern God. I'm telling you, if you braid your hair and you come to church as a guy, watch you like this. Or your, your hair is long. You're a guy. You walk in. Without nobody preaching any message, by the time you are done, you know that I've not accepted the What if you were born in Brazil? What if you were born in Jamaica or Norway and or even in Israel? And over there, the men don't have short hair, have long hair, and they keep it like that. What would you say about that? So God suddenly became a chameleon because you are in Ghana. And hated a man to have long hair. Ah, uh, some tables have been shaken. Some tables have been shaken. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, let's look at verse. It says, But meat commended us not to God, for neither if we eat are we the better. Neither if we eat not are we the worse. But follow what he now begins to enlighten you. He says, But take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Praise God. Look at verse 10. For if any man see thee which has knowledge, he says, The person who has knowledge, sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. Hallelujah. So, their conscience. You see? Now, observe something important here. The person who has knowledge, his conscience is not troubling him. Are you following? Can you see why if you were to judge everything in life by your conscience, you will miss God? Because right now we are shown that conscience is not objective. Conscience is not objective nor constant. Are you here? Tell somebody, study the word. Again, tell the person, study the word. Tell the person, establish yourself in a place where you are taught. Tell the other person again. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. He says, the person who has knowledge, you know, this is nothing. But not every believer has that knowledge. So now he says that for the sake of some of those ones, you, on your own, you could have eaten it. But if you see them around, you don't eat. For their sake, not your sake. Not because it's a sin. Not because it's wrong. But because if they're around, they, ha- they, are, they, do- they still lack the knowledge. They, are still, they also have a weak conscience. So when you see them when they're around, don't do it. For their sake. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> Sometimes we need to give you meat small. Bible say, the Bible the, the, there's milk of the word. There's meat of the word. There's strong meat of the word. 
Somebody said there's bones of the rich. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. Let's let's read. Let's finish the, 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 the chapter. So it says, verse 11, And through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish, for whom Christ died. But when ye sin so against the brethren, and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to, what? to offend. Over here, he's speaking of what? Priority. Prioritizing your brother in the weakness of their conscience. Not because, one, eating the idol meat or whatever is a sin or wrong. Two, not because uh, uh, um, that will take you to hell, but out of love. Right? He's saying, let love lead you. Place love above your knowledge. Are you following me? That is why there have been there have been times where I went I attended some programs, um, some of them were on my my sons, and some of the programs, the preacher was preaching things that were interesting, but I was a preacher too, and I was there. I was saying, mm, yeah, because maybe I'll be at the front or something. Mm. So <laughs> my son, the other time was like, ah, no, this thing is saying nothing is inside, it's nothing is true, ah, and you are still doing. Say relax. And I taught him that when you're in the presence of God, when you are a people, the Holy Spirit works with unity. So even in the low knowledge or the wrong of somebody, unite with a person. I follow me. Be, be united. Don't let your knowledge puff you up and make you think, oh, I know better what I talk about. Then start looking at each other. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> Are you following? So though I, I may have known some more, I still supported him with my spirit. That's love. Are you following me? That's love. So that we can have a, the host, we can have room to pray among us all and still bless us all. Are you following this? That's what he's talking about. Letting love preeminent. Are you following this? So he didn't understand why. Because he probably was like, ah, okay, oh no, nah, no, no, no. Because he knows more. He's still man that has been taught more and everything. Are you seeing it now? But love. Amen. That's why um, it's important. It is best for you so that you don't vex your soul. Because you're established in a place that this is their teaching. You have been taught well. You have been moved a bit further. But then you are still there. It's a vexation of the soul. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Just like we are seeing Paul, and I'm sure this what the believers who are there, they realize that for you. Ah. <laughs> because of your kind of pork again, what kind of life is that? Can you imagine Franka likes pork? Franka likes tasty spiced pork. Ah, well, you know, well done. Then now, because one of her friends came from some place. Hey, woo, woo. What the tree? A pork. Hey, no, in the pork. Don't eat pork. Meanwhile, you know that by your knowledge, you know that this thing ah is nothing. But they are like, no, no. So every time you are passing, I <laughs> Every time you are passing by your favorite problems and she's in the car with you, you watch it and then <laughs> I have to look for it because she's with you. <laughs> That's what Paul is saying here. 
Some of the believers, I'm sure that now they, if they go and buy the meat, they will buy and share the infant called Bomba. For peace of mind. <laughs> and because they love you. Oh, they call. Yeah, no, you go into the No, you have Finish it fast, fast, fast. But we are not hanging to wrap. People are like, they're everything. Oh, Johnny. Oh. All because of what? Conscience. Hallelujah. And your conscience is in bondage or liberty to the tune of the quality knowledge that has been ministered to you or not. You can listen to more inspiring, uplifting, and spirit-filled sermons and teachings from our man of God, Reverend Elijah, on Podbean, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and every other podcast platform at Christ Glory Ministries. God bless you.